Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the SC Playbook Weekly Wrap with Walsh for round nine of the NRL. Let's get uh, straight into it. Thursday night footy and the Cronulla Sharks absolutely rinsed the Cowboys at Shark Park. 44 points to six to the Sharks. Uh, NRL takes on the game. Oh, I think last week I was saying the Sharks are definitely a top eight team and could be as high as third or fourth in my books um, at the end of the regular season. They looked on the higher side of that. Um, you showed some real class tonight. Uh, the Cowboys, I think last week's win over the Newcastle Knights sort of band-aided over a massive wound that they have there. They've they've got some issues, the Cowboys. Um, they really should have lost the game against the Knights, which is something I touched on last week. So I think the reality is they're just not a good side in my books. They're probably bottom four. Um, and there's a few reasons for that. People will say, oh, you know, they were one game off a grand final or, or a, a semi-final, wherever they got to last year, um, which was pretty high up. But I think they surprised a lot of teams last year. They had that belief. Uh, they had a really good run in terms of draw and the amount of times that they played in Queensland. They were super fit. Um, and I think the competition's probably either caught up to them or they haven't done that same level of fitness. I'm not sure which one, but it's one or the other. Um, this year, they're just really missing those edge back rowers that gave them a little bit of punch and gave them that attacking sort of threat, uh, not just Drinky, not just Val, which is basically all they've got at the moment. So Helam Lukey, Luciano Leilua, who were both out for extended periods. I think Helam Lukey's due back, but he's not going to solve all their problems. But that's really hurt them. And, and also, I spoke about last week, second-year syndrome, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Nanai. He's really, really struggled. You know, this is his second suspension. He's probably going to be out for a month. Uh, I think he did a hip drop or something like that. So he's really struggled to, one, stay on the field. And when he's been on the field, he hasn't been that impressive. They they haven't been able to replicate those kick tries that he scored last year. It was just – and that's the thing about kick tries is once the opposition do the tape on you and they see so much of that, they're able to put things in place to negate that. It's very, very hard to replicate um, on a year-to-year basis. And they're, and they're really struggling with that, the Cowboys – uh, it, it's really Val Holmes, 
um, drink water or bust for the Cowboys. So attack, you know, the way it's going. I, I think their defense is reasonably solid. Like they've got a few issues there, but it's, it's just really their attack is putting so much pressure on their defense that um, they're really struggling. And against a side like the Cronulla Sharks, uh, they're just going to take you to town. The Sharks, just a solid team across the park. And just if you add in the brilliance of, of Nico Hines, like he makes some mistakes, sure, but he plays footy. You know, he goes out there and dead set plays footy and they've got a very potent back line and they are formidable, particularly at home, uh, and they were way out of the Cowboys League in this game. Look at the Supercoach scores, uh, similar to what I said last week. Like Nico Hines, it's... It's becoming a little bit like what it was with Turbo a couple of years ago uh, when they had the crackdown. You just uh, you've really got to question question yourself if you don't put the captain on him. Uh, so this week it was a little bit easy because there was a lot of players out, so you were able to VC him and have a look. But you know, I think most people who VC'd him would have looped. Uh, so 126, great score. But I mean, by all means, he could have played better. And, um, you know, he, he just accumulates. He just accumulates points and he's a perfect super coach player. Um, Mulatalo hit back from a couple of embarrassing uh, things last week. He, he got a 97. He's going to score a lot of tries, you know, just the way the Sharks play. He's going to be a prolific try scorer. So he's one that you can consider. But if he doesn't score the tries, he's, he's probably going to go low. Uh, 92 for Talakai. Desi Creek liked him. Uh, and he said he was a bring in. I don't know if Desi brought him in, but he said Talakai would be one to to bring in. So ninety two, that's a pretty good score. I, I'm not sure if he's going to re- replicate that moving forward, but he might be a bit of a look there. Teague Wilton, he's been solid all year for owners. Um, eighty five. You'd have to be happy with that if you had him. Nakora a bit on the low side for him, but that probably shows you how well he's going. He punched out a fifty eight. Uh, it's a bit down on, on on his standard, but you know he does normally have those attacking attacking points that that come in there for the super coach side of things, and he probably didn't have as many as he had, but fifty eight still still a solid score. Ruben Cotter, we talked him up after the last couple of weeks, but uh, disappointed with a twenty nine. Uh, moving into Origin, uh, hopefully not too many people grabbed him because. He'd be disappointing for owners 29. Bell Holmes, obviously, out coming off the back of a really good super coach performance and NRL performance to get him home against the Newcastle Knights, 26. Disappointing. Didn't really get any opportunity. You know, you find yourself scratching your head sometimes when you watch the Cowboys game is how can they leave a weapon like Bell Holmes out there? You know, sometimes I think he should be playing fullback, but Drinkwater's going well. Like, he's very good in attack. Um, and he obviously does his job, you know, communicating in defence and things like that. So uh, they're in a between a rock and a hard place. The Cowboys is going to be interesting to see how Peyton and his coaching staff uh, go for the rest of the year and keeping this team together and and sort of trying to get them through. You know, to sneak into the top eight. I honestly don't think that they're going to be anywhere above the top four. So uh, moving on to the Friday night games. Talk about rinsings. What about what Parra did uh, in the first half to the Knights? Couldn't believe that. Uh, Friday night games I generally watch on on the replay because I've got my young fellas out there playing junior footy. So, But I did like sneak a few looks at the score uh, when I was running water for the young fella and I just seen 30 to – I think it was 30 to 6 or something at half time. Crazy. 
Uh, they just turned it on. And they can do that. They can do that uh, at um, Combank Stadium, the Parramatta Eels. They can really come out and if they if you don't match it with them physically, they will just run straight through you. Yeah, so I mean, what happened to the Knights in the first half? I don't really know. They just I think I think it came down to not turning up physically. Uh, they just didn't have that sort of match that physicality that the Eels had. So, you know, and from what I saw, like let, let's be honest, I mean, Para systematically exposed Kalen Ponga's defensive deficiencies in the front line. I think that's the best way you can sum it up. Um, not just the missed tackles, but Ponga's reads in defence and his lack of connectedness with his inside and outside um, players, just a massive concern for the Knights. I mean, they didn't seem to have any of that um, when Ponga wasn't there, but Ponga missed a lot of tackles. And the hard thing for them is they've sort of gone out and they've gone all in and they've got Lockie Miller in. And Lockie Miller can't really play anywhere else as well. And he's he's had a really good start to the season. So they're committed. They're sort of pop committed to Ponga playing in that 5-8 position. And I really don't think he can handle it in defense. You know, you, you, let's put aside the concussion issues, which is a real issue for him. I just think he's an out-and-out fullback, you know, and uh, I've always felt like that. And just because a player wants to play in a certain position doesn't mean that's the best position for them. So we'll see what happens moving forward. But, um, yeah, it's a bit to bit to think about there for Adam O'Brien and, and his coaching stuff. Uh, like I said, the physicality of the, of the Parramatta Eels, like when they're in that mood and then when they choose to play like that and, and Brad Arthur has them wired up to play like that, they can compete with any team in the competition. They really can. Uh, and the Knights didn't match it. And I think you could probably say what was the greatest example of that? Well, Gutho scored two tries from dummy half, like a fullback scored two tries from dummy half. That just That's soft and it just shows that the Knights' defence weren't up for it. Having a look at Supercoach. So Mitchie Moses, 147. He could come into consideration uh, with uh, the Eels have got a good run over the, over the buys and origin period. So... Yeah, I wouldn't rule him out um, if you were looking to, you know, trade out Nick. Uh, well, if Nico Hines gets a start at Origin, or you know, obviously you've got Clear, he's going to play as well. So that's got to be a consideration there. Uh, Gutho, hundred and thirteen, another decent option. Some people jumped on him this week, and well done to you if you did. Uh, I was tossing up between bringing in Gutho, Hopgood, and Dylan Brown. I couldn't bring in all three. Um, I ended up bringing in Hopgood and Dylan Brown. I wasn't disappointed. You know, they both scored 109. Um, to do that, I had to trade out Tommy Trebojevic out to basically enough, um, So, which which I'll look to fix up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but Hopgood, yes, he's back. He's back. For, so for those owners that hung on to him, um, I got rid of him when he started to go towards the bench and, and cashed in a bit of his money. But I just sort of looked at what was happening in the front row, uh, that long-term injury, uh, that Payne Haas tackle on RCG, and I felt like, well, Hopgood's just going to – he's going to eat up these minutes, you know. And you could have gone for Wiramoo Greg, and he gave you a pretty decent return, but I felt like it was limited what he was going to get, whereas Hopgood has shown that if he gets the minutes, he can punch out big, big scores, and he can be really, really handy. So I'd imagine 
those super coaches out there that don't have Hopgood will be looking to get him back in, into their team over the next couple of weeks. Dylan Brown, I felt like that was another great trade. I, I was really happy with that. Uh, didn't really have a great week. It was a bit of a dismal week. I'm, I'm not really sure how it shapes up with other people, uh, but I think, you know, it, it was it was a bit of a tough week with some of the weather, um, depending on which players that you had. But I was certainly happy with uh, Hopgood and Dylan Brown, and, and I'm sure owners of Dylan Brown would be happy as well. And I think he's only going to get better. He's going to start putting Lane through for a couple of tries, um, which hasn't been happening, and line breaks, and and they'll go from there. Junior Paulo was an interesting one. He punched out an 81, but I don't know if you could really consider him because I'd say he's probably a lock for Origin. So he's not really an option as a front row forward, but maybe after the origin period, keep an eye on him. Uh, Bryce Cartwright, after I said the Cardi party was over, he got a late reprieve there. So probably really started off my week poorly. Is Matto pulled out with injury, and I'm hoping he's not out for too long because um, I was expecting, you know, a 60 or 70-plus from Matto in there, and then I had to find another player to go in for him. I think I ended up putting Alan Motti in there uh, for him. As a bench player, so Cardi, yeah, 69, he looked good. You know, they, they were free-flowing, they were running through the Knights. Like, the Knights didn't really turn up physically, so it was a good game for him, Cardi, and, you know, he fully capitalised on it. So if you did have to still hold him, that's a good result. I still think he he's probably a trade-out when Madison comes back. I'm not sure what's happened to Madison. I'm hoping it's not a long-term injury, but I haven't had a chance to really follow up what happened there. Penasini, 65, looked dangerous every time he touched it. Sean Lane, I feel like he's just warming up. He's just warming up. You know, just keep your powder dry, but he's going to be a trade-in very, very soon. So keep an eye on him. Like I said, Wiramu Greg, 49. I reckon owners would be stoked at that. Everyone was looking for these front row forward options. Haas is out, suspended. Some people went big. They went for Tappany. You know, I think Tappany punched out about a 60. So if you went cheap because you had to go cheap and you went Wiramu Greg, well... In a one-week sample, he's done a job for you. So you've got to be happy with that. On the night side of things, you know, you had Gagai, 85, not overly relevant to super coaches. Um, Miller, if you still got him, 45, that's acceptable in a game where they got absolutely towed up. Marzu, 39, yeah, he had limited opportunities, but it wasn't really a game that suited him. They didn't have the ball that much. They were standing behind the post for a lot of it. So I think 39 is acceptable. I'm going to keep Marzu. He looks good. Kalen Ponga, 16. Um, now, I'm one of the biggest fans of Kalen Ponga going around, but I really, like I said before, I just do not think that 5'8's his position. And to be honest, it was, it was an embarrassing performance by KP. I think he'd be, I think he'd feel that way. I think he'd be embarrassed at uh, his defensive performance because he got bumped off a lot. Um, you know, there was a few poor reads and, and some of it is is team like you know it's inside and outside but yeah just the just the amount of missed tackles that he had and how badly Moses and the Eels exposed him and that edge defense uh was was really concerning for a player of his caliber so uh maybe expect a bounce back at Suncorp Stadium but certainly if you if you brought him in uh it was yeah you've you've done it on a bit of a a chancy sort of trade anyway, but uh, it certainly would have backfired on you there. Moving on to the second game on Friday night. Geez, this was a high-quality game. 
particularly in the first half. It was a nice open game uh, at Suncorp. I was, I was sort of a bit concerned when I looked at the Suncorp ground. I was looking forward to Magic ground. I was thinking, oh, it's looking a bit, little bit chopped up, uh, but it didn't seem to affect the game. So hopefully they can get a bit of sand on it, get a bit of grass, and, yeah, it's going to hold up for the eight games for, for Magic ground. Uh, I thought Reynolds was really, really good early for the Broncos uh, in the first half, but they just didn't capitalise by converting uh, their attacking dominance into points, and that really hurt them in the end of it because South were sort of finding their way in that first half. They didn't play their best, but you knew that it was coming at some stage. Class was going to come to the fore, and it did in the second half. You know, I suppose that try right on, well, basically right on half time, the second try to Campbell Graham off the scrum. It sort of um, broke the Broncos' spirit a little bit and the Rabbits come out and, yeah, they just sort of broke down the Broncos and and they got away with the 32 points to six win. And at the moment, the Rabbits are, are the side that I see as the favourites uh, in my eyes for the NRL premierships. It's a long way to go, long, long way to go. But... They're just a side that is playing great footy at the moment. I feel like uh, there's a sense of destiny about them. Uh, they've been the bridesmaid, well, you know, close to the bridesmaid for years, and I think it's just I just feel like it's their time uh, to really crack that NRL premiership. The way Latrell's playing is is probably a huge part of it. You know, he seems to have, you know, I guess – when you don't see him doing those silly things and he's cleaned up his game and that and he's just playing really smart, calm, poised, uh, attacking footy and I think Cody's playing really well as well. But they're just really well connected and, you know, they've got Koala Matangi to come back into that and he creates that threat on the edge which makes them even more potent on that right-hand side. So really impressive by the Rabbitohs. If we look at the Supercoach scores, nothing too relevant for the Bronx, obviously. Be remiss of me not to mention the fact that Payne Haas is out. Uh, you know, I believe he's the best prop in the game. Probably will go down as the greatest prop of all time, um, which is a big call. There's been some great front rowers, but I felt for the first couple of years in my head, I, there were so many opportunities where he had to offload or pre-line pass, and I felt like if he could develop that part of his game, it was going to open himself up so much. Um, and the team, and he started to do that this year, and it's just been so dominant. And they really missed him because uh, he really opens up the Broncos and creates a lot of those attacking um, attacking opportunities for him. Reese Walsh, 23, it's a bit disappointing. It's the second week in a row he's gone low. He's starting to bleed cash for owners. Bit of a question mark, what do you do? I own him. I'm not really sure. Um, he's probably not going to play Origin because I think that Billy Slater is going to stick with Callum Ponga. He's, he won't be too worried about his defensive efforts at 5'8 because he's going to play him at fullback uh, where he probably should be playing. But, yeah, Reese Walsh, I think that it's a big decision coming into Magic Round what you do with him. Uh, to be fair, if you have Latrell you could probably hang on to him. If you don't have Latrell, you'd probably have to consider trying to get up to Latrell, but then Latrell's definitely playing Origin, so it's 
it's a matter of looking forward. You really got to do your forward planning at this stage of the year and having a look how many games they're going to play and who they're matching up against. But at the moment, South match up well against everyone. Uh, Campbell Graham, hasn't he been killing it? Like I said, if you went for that South stack of Cody Walker, Latrell, and Campbell Graham, then I think whoever wins it this year, whoever wins Supercoach would have had that stack. They would have gone into this period of you know, four or five games and had that stack of those three players because Campbell Graham's just killed it, 132. He's probably going very close to booking himself an origin spot too with the doubt over Tommy Trevojevic. Uh, Latrell, 96, just brilliant and um, just typical of what he's been we, he's been doing lately. Uh, Cody Walker, 73, same thing. Uh, I think Cody Walker's playing really, really good footy. The Suncorp Stadium really suits him, so he gets another game there next week and uh, I expect more of the same. Cam Murray's been pretty disappointing. He's been, I guess, not NRL-wise. I think he's been playing pretty good NRL, but with the Simbin, he, he got a 43 for Supercoach. So if owners haven't got rid of him already, they're probably looking to get rid of him coming into the origin period. Hame Sele. He was pretty good last week, but 36 is, you know, it's an average score for a front row forward after some what they did. Davi Mowali, which I've got stuck with, yeah, he's gone back to – he didn't get many minutes and he got 12 points. So that was pretty disappointing for those people that had Davi Mowali. So, okay. Listeners, if you're struggling to control yourself on the punt or – you know, you just feel like after a weekend of having a few bets, uh, which we, you know, like a lot of us like to do, that uh, you're feeling a little bit down and it's getting on top of you. It's affecting your finances or your life or your moods. Uh, it might be worth having a chat to Gareth at Sequel. He's come on board as a partner of the podcast and I had a chat to him during the week. Uh, he gave me a call and it was, he, he's a really good, genuine bloke. And he's just out there and he just wants to help people. He just wants to help them before they hit rock bottom. So if you feel like, uh, you know, you might not be at rock bottom yet, but you might just be feeling like, oh, it's a bit out of control. or I need a little bit of help with that. There's no judgment there. Uh, he's a nice, genuine bloke and uh, he can steer you in the right direction. So uh, you can contact Gareth uh, by email on gareth.w at sequel, C-E-E. CAL.org.au, or you can call him on 029559-4013, or you can go to the website and make contact www.secal.org.au. So, yeah, get on to that. Uh, if it is becoming a bit of a problem for you, or it's sort of getting you a little bit down, and we thank Gareth and all the great work that he's doing and his support of the uh, podcast. Okay, on to the Saturday games. The early game on Saturday was the Raiders versus Dolphins at uh, Wagga. Uh, coming off the back of a big week with all the white news and and all that, so I thought it was a great start by the Raiders. They came out with emotion, which you expect from a Ricky Stewart uh, coach team. It looked like that the score could be anything, and the Raiders aren't a side that have a massive amount of points in them either, so it was a sort of strange game like that. I didn't expect it to have 61 points in it. 
uh, let alone maybe 30 points. So, but that's the way it went. But as we've seen, as we've seen all year, the uh, the Dolphins, they've got that poise, they've got confidence in, and just this belief in themselves that no matter what happens, they can come back. Uh, and they came back to 22-12 after being down big time. So it was 22-12 at half time, and you thought, oh, oh the, the Raiders have probably got this, but, you know, you never know with the way the Dolphins have played and what they did last week against the Titans. There's a bit of to and fro in the second half. Defense wasn't really a priority for either side. Uh, so ended up 30-all. Uh, good tries on both sides, nice free-flowing footy. And uh, Fogarty kicked the, the field goal in extra time to uh, seal, you know, a fairly emotional win for the Canberra Raiders. Uh, I want to bring up one thing, particularly I know there's a lot of people that are Dolphin supporters out there, and I don't know if it was really touched on that much because everyone was sort of focusing on the emotion from Jack White and Ricky Stewart and all that. But in extra time, I felt like, the Dolphins copped a really, really tough call. So in the lead-up to the field goal, the officials called a six again off like a loose pass from the Raiders. The pass was to Hudson Young, and it was pretty clear that it was a knock-on from Hudson Young. He knocked the ball on, and then it went. It was like a bang-bang, went, went off for Hudson Young because it was a pass that wasn't on, went into a Dolphins player and ricocheted out the back, and they just went play on because they felt like the Dolphins player had come through and touched it and Hudson Young hadn't touched it. I think I, I replayed it a couple of times and I'm pretty sure that Hudson Young knocked it on. Now, I, the officials, it's, it's tough to catch it in a lifetime. It probably was something that the ref was obscured or, you know, and, and it was really on the touchy to call it. But I just thought it felt like it was really rough on the Dolphins because it led to the field goal and they didn't have a chance to challenge it because there was no stoppage in play. Um, yeah, I just thought I'd mention that because I know there'd be a few Dolphins fans out there that were feeling a little bit aggrieved. You know, they work so hard to get back into the game and they get darted on that call and and uh, then Fogarty iced it. In terms of Supercoach scoring, not a heap of relevant players. I mean, 133 from Whiten. Yeah, what a response for a player who had a really sort of emotional week. But uh yeah, I think I think he responded the way you expect a, a sort of champion to a player do. Horsburgh, ninety eight. Um, he's probably not consistent enough uh, in his scoring week to week to get him in, but that's a great score. Tomoko and Rapana got seventy nines, so they both went well. You expect this in a high scoring game. End up thirty one thirty to Canberra. Jared Croker was a big one. Oh, I had a chance to bring him in. I could have flipped uh, Garrick down to fullback when I traded out Turbo and brought in uh, Croker and I was tossing it up, but I just sort of felt like you're not going to get much more than the 35 or 40 that Croker got. Of course, he got the try and I was kicking myself a little bit, but they're the decisions you make in Supercoach and well done to him and well done to those owners that have got him too because there's a nice price rise coming there. But I think 69, that's about his ceiling. Uh, not, Not the old Jared Croker, but... Certainly the ceiling for the new, um, well, you know, Jared Croker as he is now, you know, as a veteran player just that's come back into A grade. He, does, he, he looks like he's lacking a bit of pace, but he's doing a job there. So it's going to be interesting to see what Ricky does now that he's got Savage knocking on the door. He's played a couple of reserve grade games and, you know, he's really the man that they moved on 
um, Charnsnickel, Klockstad to play fullback. Uh, and, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Maybe they'll drop one of their wingers and Seb Chris will play wing. I'm not sure. Uh, Tappany, 60. That's solid without being outstanding uh, for a marquee front rower, but uh, I think people would be reasonably happy with that. that. I've spoken about this bloke a few times. I think he's going to be a future super coach star, uh, Connolly Lemuelu. He just hits that line on the edge as good as some of the best edge runners. I mean, probably you're talking about Angus Crichton, um, Josh Curran is doing it. Uh, Jackson Ford's actually doing it quite well at the moment. There's a few people that that do it really, really well. Obviously, Nakora is probably the best, uh, Britton Nakora. But Lemuelu has a real ability on that left edge, and Wayne Bennett's recognised it, and he's put Kenny Bromwich into the middle, which is a bit of a sacrifice for Kenny because he's always been an edge back rower. But I think that shows you the respect that. Uh, Bennett has for Lemuelu's game. And, you know, with someone like Nicarima or Milford inside him, he's going to get that good ball. So certainly one to watch moving forward uh, in future years if you can't get him in this year. Ewan Aiken, 79, two really solid weeks in a row. Uh, JMK, yeah, Jeremy Marshall King, 78. He's shaping as that really solid second option for your hooker uh, to Harry Grant. Osako, 64, just keeps punching out pretty big numbers. Uh, the Hammer, 47, again, it didn't really open up too much for him. I think he might have got a try, but um, still 47, solid enough. Uh, Gilbert, if you still got him, 43, you'd be a bit disappointed with that. And those people that had to play Katoa, um, I actually traded Katoa to Dylan Brown, which I was really happy about, but he made some money for you, so he'll make some money. He's just been a bit of a slow burn. He got a 40, and he's probably going to make – he's probably got maybe one or two more price rises in him if you're going to have that patience and then sell him off. I imagine a lot of people will sell him this week. Okay, on to the Manly Seagulls versus the Gold Coast Titans at Four Points Park. Really good win to the Titans, 26 points to 10 over the Seagulls. And to be fair, they look, they look fairly dominant uh, throughout the game. The Seagulls in a world of hurt at the moment uh, with Turbo and Schuster, both serious injuries. Like I watched a game earlier in the year and I thought, holy smokes, like, you know, Manly are going to be a real, real contender this year with the way that Schuster was taking the ball to the line and squaring up the defense and that left side was just humming, you know, Turbo out to Garrick. But, uh, yeah, with the fitness issues that both – Schuster and Turbo have had, it's really jeopardising the Seagull season. So uh, we'll just have to see how that plays out. Apparently Turbo, uh, I was listening to Steve's in the press conference and he said that, that Turbo's a good chance of um, coming up for this week at, at Magic Ground. To me, I, I couldn't trust him, so I was happy enough to trade him out from a super coach point of view because even if he comes good, you know, I don't think he's going to – blitz teams because he doesn't seem to be running freely at all um and even if he does i mean he's probably then he's probably going to go into origin so it's a hard one to gauge there's too much uncertainty over it so i just thought look i'll trade him out and save myself the grief uh in terms of the titans they just they have a team that can challenge for the top eight that, that that's probably the best way i'd describe it like in my views 
if they can find their defence, then they have a team that can challenge for the top eight. Uh, the defence in general is really suspect. Like they're the worst defensive team in the NRL. Um, it, it's like they don't really focus on it that much. They don't seem to place that much credence in it. But they did this week and it was good against a manly side in the wet that didn't throw a heap at them. So I'm not getting too carried away and saying, you know, the Titans are back and their defence is solved. I still feel like they're a team that tries to outscore the other team and traditionally in the NRL that hasn't worked for anyone. So Dave Fafita was awesome. He should be in the State of Origin team. Uh, he'll probably be either on an edge or coming off the bench, but he's had a – this is the best I've seen him play. He's in career best form. Obviously, the uh, Brimson injury is a bit of a hit to the Titans, um, but, you know, he seems to have gone down with a with a hamstring injury there. But, uh, like, does a team – does any team have a better replacement at fullback than the Titans in Jaden Campbell? You know, he's a different style of player. He probably doesn't um, – he probably doesn't pass the ball as much or as well as Brimson does, although I wouldn't say Brimson's a great passer of the footy. But Jaden Campbell, he is a run-first fullback, but he's certainly an NRL fullback. You know, he, He's a player that's exciting to watch. And if he can develop that passing in his game, it's only going to make him better. So he could be a, he could be a left-field proposition for, uh, for super coaches to bring in, but you should keep an eye on him. So looking at the super coach scores, uh, 114 for Dave Fafita. What a beast. He's coming into his own there. So uh, Loffy Cam Pereira, 73, two tries, nice game. Uh, I got rid of him a few weeks ago, but I think some people have held on to him. And, you know, he, he is that rocks or diamonds. Like, he's going to score tries. There's no doubt about it. He is going to score tries throughout the year, particularly on that left edge if they're healthy and he's got four in there and he's got Dave Fafita there and, you know, even Brian Kelly in that left left center position, he's a threat as well. Uh, so, but he's just lightning quick if he gets on the outside of you. So, good luck to you if you played him. Um, Philip Sammy, he's just a left field option there, who's probably in career best form, and he plays really good footy and he breaks a lot of tackles. Seventy one, he got uh, there. So. He's one to think about. Just as a left field option, not a lot of people have him. He's going to be a pod. Um, just might be worth having a deeper dive into. Tanner Boyd, 49, pretty good for people that had him. Ola Kawatu, 69. He's playing some really good footy, breaking a lot of tackles. He's a real menace on that edge. Um, DCE, 61. Ruben Garrick, 35. Oh, I'm scratching my head when I saw him go to centre and they put the young fella in at fullback. And I want to be fair to the young fella because it was a wet game. There wasn't a lot he could do. They kicked it fairly well uh, and didn't give him a lot of opportunity to attack. But if I'm being totally honest, I do feel like Garrick would have been a better proposition at fullback and he would have provided more attacking spark. Uh, But uh, they obviously have... A high opinion of of young weeks, and uh, he went out there and he got a he got a game under his belt. But you know, in terms of Garrick at centre, I thought he was really really good defensively. He came in and shut down a couple of raids that they made out on that uh, on the Titans right hand side. He was defending on the left centre, and he came up and made some good reads. But 
it was just disappointing his his involvement level in attack. He he just sort of uh, obviously wasn't finishing off tries because they weren't creating much at all. But uh, he also just didn't get much clean ball. So the Titans. The last thing I'd say on this game is probably you know the Titans are a tricky matchup. Uh, you know for for any right side sort of um, defense because on the left side when they've got foreign and he squares the ball up almost as good as anyone in the game uh, so he poses a danger there and you've got to you've got to stay true on him and then outside him is Dave for feeder and you it's very hard to tackle Dave for feeder one on one and then outside him you've got another tackle break uh, in Brian Kelly. And then if you do jam in on them or if you give a little bit of space to Carm Pereira, you blink and he's gone. So that sort of mix-up on that left-hand side is creating a lot of problems for teams and you'll find that Carm Pereira is a really good chance of scoring, particularly against the sides that have wingers that like to jam in and turn their shoulders or if they have wingers that are slow-moving wingers, and some of them are. Some of them have... They're bigger wingers and they're set up to take the runs at the start of the set and they can't recover from it. They 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 plant their feet and as soon as he gets the ball, he is gone. He's an absolute whippet. So your cover defense has to be really on song when you're playing the Gold Coast Titans. Okay, on to the third game on the Saturday Saturday stretch there, Super Super Saturday. Uh, the Panthers versus the West Tigers at Bathurst. Yes, the Tigers. Congratulations, Tigers fans. Uh, it was just great to see. It was just great to see from a neutral fan, like a massive underdog, written off by everyone. They just scrapped and they fought and they clawed their way to a win. And, you know, I was sitting there and honestly I didn't expect too much of the game. Um, and... As soon as I saw the way they started in that 40-20 from Luke Brooks, I thought, oh, hang on, the Tigers are on here. There's a real, real ambush feel about this on. and But in the back of your head, you're thinking, this has happened to the Panthers quite a bit, but they always come back. They always come out of this. And I guess at some stages they really look like they were going to steal the points off the Tigers, you know, when Cleary went through. And the fullback did pretty well there, but, you know, probably – Oh, I don't know, four out of five times I think Cleary probably bounces over and scores that or slides through, but it wasn't his day and well done to the Tigers. So, you know, like obviously the weather evened it up, but I don't think the Tigers have been going as bad as people think. Um, I think they really deserve that win. Luke Brooks and Coruscant were enormous. Um, you know, the two forty twenties by Luke Brooks changed the game and uh, I think he just has to look at, not reading the press, just keeping his head down, playing decent footy. He is what he is, you know, like it's been highly publicised, his deficiencies in different areas, but he's a genuine NRL player and um, wherever he's playing next next year, you know, it, he'll be he'll be an asset to that team. Uh, he's probably just been asked to do too much, been asked to sort of run a whole team and it's not his fault that they deemed him good enough to, to pay him a lot of money, so that's the way I see it. Um, yeah, in terms of the super coach scores, obviously heavily weather affected. Uh, Isaiah Yo seventy four was a good score. Uh, Hoskins more than acceptable bonus fifty six. Peachy fifty four. He's interesting. Uh, priced at under 
uh, 300K. I'm not sure how long Tungo is out for, but if if he is out for an extended period, you know, he could be a chance there. Peachy, looking at him. Uh, Cleary, 47 with that blown try. So, he's you know, he's not far off. He he scores that try. He's probably 75, 80. Uh, Although I know he's not kicking the goals at the moment because of his groin. Toto, 46. Uh, Taruva, 30, was a bit disappointing for, for owners. Uh, he had that HIA. Uh, Sione Luke, uh, 22, he got the sin bin. He, he got a few more minutes, Sione Luke, but he got the sin bin. Uh, on the Tigers side of things, 63 for Brooks. Um, Buller, 59, really good. One to watch. Uh, he looks athletic. He's really tall for for a fullback and... Yeah, I thought he played with with genuine sort of confidence and poise for a kid that was playing in only his second NRL game. Utu Ikamanu doesn't seem to be getting much time. Clammer gets the big minutes for the Tigers, 39. So, so, so for owners. Uh, Stafford Toa, I thought was one of the better players in the game. He got 46 in supercoach points, but he's on an upward spiral. And if you believe the Tigers are going on a run, which I feel like they probably could be, uh, he might be a player to jump on as a pod. I also feel like Bateman, he got 55, IPAP got 50, but I feel like those two back rowers are going to be genuine propositions, you know, during the buy period and for the run home. I think the Tigers are just going to get better and they're going to build. Yes, they won't. Uh, yeah, they won't make any waves in terms of top eight or anything like that. Their season's over in regards to that, but... They can build for the next season and also, you know, they're going to scrap really hard to get themselves off the bottom of the table. And I think, you know, sides like St. George and uh, probably depending on how the Knights go, they could go either way. But, you know, uh, St. George and the Cowboys and sides like that uh, will be really scrapping it out for, for the wooden spoon with the Tigers. Okay, on to Sunday, oh, monsoonal conditions there for the uh, New Zealand Warriors uh, versus the Roosters game. 14-0 win to the Roosters. Um, I, I thought it was a fair standard of game given the weather. It was really tough conditions with the wind and the rain. Uh, I thought both teams were good uh, considering. Uh, Roosters just really made the most of their attacking area chances, whereas the Warriors didn't. Had, there was limited chances for both teams, a lot of kicks through. Uh, the Roosters are particularly good at, you know, trap and scrap and um, kick diffusion. They do a lot of work on that and uh, probably showed, you know, the Warriors were a little bit under strength, but I feel like there are sides that's going to compete every week. Uh, it was good. Egan was back for him and he was good, uh, but that first try was always going to be critical and, you know, the Roosters had that eight-point lead, which in that weather was was more like a 14, sort of 16-point lead, and they got that try at the end. So a bit disappointing for Warriors fans, but I think, you know, the effort was there and, you know, they've still got the makings of a good team. I'm looking forward to them getting a few troops back. Hopefully Barnett's back. Hopefully uh, we see some Luke Metcalf. Uh, Tamari Martin can't be far away. So there's a few boys to come back into that side. Uh, I thought the Roosters were professional, and for one of the first times this year, they just didn't beat themselves. They, you know, if you look back at the games they've lost, the Roosters, a lot of them, you could say that they've beaten themselves by poor discipline. You know, they've had a lot of 
uh, Sinbins. And uh, it's been questionable discipline. And that, that's been the Roosters for a few years now. So I think if they look at that, what they've got to take from it is if we don't beat ourselves, we give ourselves a pretty good chance because we're a good we're a good defensive team and we have got some attack about us. I don't see Sam Walker getting himself back into that side anytime soon. Supercoach scores, uh, Natty Butcher, 86 with the try. Uh, AFB, 76, all base. It was a massive effort. Obviously, with a couple of middles out, uh, he had to step up. You know, Tohu Harris and uh, Jazzy Tavanga. So he's going to get big minutes if you brought him in. The last three weeks, you've done well from him. Egan Butcher, that's an interesting one. So a lot of people bought Egan Butcher at the start of the year. I was one of them. In the first four games, he scored under 50. Uh, so they were all sort of you know, 30, 40, 40, 40, something like that. In the last four games, he scored 59, 79, 70, and 69 before updates. So I don't know who would have predicted that with Crichton and uh, Satili Tupanua coming back, but Egan Butcher's uh, sparked up. And I guess if you've got him, well done. Uh, I'm not sure how long he holds that spot, but at the moment he's holding that spot. He's holding out Tupanua and his brother. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, so we've got Manu, 58. That's more than acceptable in the weather. Uh, he's He's... A player that, you know, if he plays 5'8", he's going to get that base and he's a player that I'm more than happy to have. Uh, Tedesco, 54. A few people brought him in for turbo, I think. That's not bad. In a game where it was monsoonal weather, he'd have to be happy with that. The cheese, Brandon Smith, I thought he played pretty well, but 34 for Supercoach. He's just becoming less relevant as a Supercoach proposition. Uh, Wade Egan for the Warriors, 61. Which is pretty good. Some people have held him through all of his concussions and that. So well done to you. He's not a bad second option at, at hooker. Jackson Ford, 54, looked dangerous, nearly crashed over. I think he got held up uh, two or three times. But yeah, well done to uh, Jackson Ford. Like, I mean, it was a pretty decent performance from him. But uh, I think some people might be disappointed with the 54. I was okay with it. I think it's a pretty big game for the Warriors uh, at Suncorp next week. They need to stop the slide. They need to get back on get back on the winning track with uh, after a few straight losses. Okay, last game of the round. This was a pretty good game. I wasn't expecting too much from this game, the Bulldogs versus the Saints at, at Wollongong. I didn't really know what to expect from either of these teams. So, but it was good to see Birdo's bombs were back. Oh, he was just launching some skyscrapers into the stratosphere. It'll give uh, Tyrell Sloan some nightmares. I think at the end of it, he just didn't even try and catch them. So I, one thing I will say is surely Matt Burton has an NFL punting career waiting for him after the NFL. Uh, sorry, the NRL. Uh, he just has a massive boot. I reckon he'd go over there and absolutely kill it. So the doggies, yeah, they look good in attack, and it was sort of a free-flowing game, even though it wasn't high-scoring. Pretty exciting footy from both sides few errors my take on these two sides is that neither of them are going to make the top eight uh but they're capable of of taking teams deep in any game on any given week you know if they're up for it so yeah it was interesting to see the debut of uh carl oluapu 
Uh, he's only a kid, but he looks really promising, really strong runner. Uh, you can see him with a fair bit of tackle break ability there. Uh, on to Supercoach scores, Jack DeBellin. Uh, he is a legit proposition for a dual front row forward, second row forward, moving forward. He's getting back to that form where he was, you know, uh, an origin player or borderline origin player. So 72, very, very good. You always – it's going to be tough with the Dragons because they're going to have to put out a team every week, but you can see that there's some big disruptions coming there. I mean, at, at some stage or another, I think they're probably going to sack the coach whether it's mid-year or whether he sees it out to the end of the year. I mean, you know, his, the end of his tenure is is just uh, hanging over his head a little bit. So we'll see what happens. It'll probably be pushed by the press, I'd say, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Preston, it was HIA affected, but 42. So I don't think you can be too unhappy with that. He was going okay until he had that HIA. Reed Marnie, uh, back on track with a 67 before updates. Uh, I was pretty happy with Alamotti. I had to play him as a reserve. He's he's really struggling NRL-wise defensively. Uh, he, he's having a lot of struggles, but a 39 was pretty good. TPJ, not really relevant with the 26. Pretty disappointing for anyone who took a punt on him. Um, nice performances supercoach-wise by Avarillo, 91, and Braden Burns, 93. He limped his way around for a 93. So that brings us to the end of the week. So cheers for listening in. Uh, I'm really looking forward to Magic Round. Next weekend going to be a cracker. Uh, I just really hope the uh, Suncorp Stadium surface holds up for the eight games. So let's hope they do a bit of work on that and it's good to go and we get some free-flowing footy. Have a great week, crew, and I'll catch us next Sunday for the wrap. See ya. 